This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Can Frederick now be a driver on a line? Because last year he fit in really well playing off Coil and off Taylor Hall a lot. And those are two really good guys to have next to you on a third line. Hall especially helps set up a lot of those chances that Frederick ends up finishing for his career high 17 goals. Okay, well, Taylor Hall's gone. Charlie Coyle's moving up in the lineup. You know, if you're if you're centering that third line, then it's your line. So that's going to be, you know, he at times has done that on the fourth line, been fourth line center, but that's a little different. You know, third line center, like we've talked about it a ton in the past, how important third lines are. So that's, you know, if he wins that job, like that's the next challenge is now, can can you be the guy? Can you be the leader on the line? Can you you know, help set up your, your wings in addition to finishing your own chances, because we, we saw last year, like, okay, he can finish chances. He has a pretty good shot. Um, you know, he, I think he's good defensively. I think Trent Frederick has, you know, that's probably been an underrated part of his game, but I think has been pretty strong for a couple of years now. We've seen him get more involved on the penalty kill. Um, but you know, third line, has to score, especially on a team that might be, you know, a, a man or two short in the top six. Like you're going to need some contributions from the third line. doesn't have to be the greatest scoring third line of all time. doesn't have to even match last year's, but you've got to contribute offensively. It can't, your third and fourth lines can't both just be shut down, you know, try to play low event hockey. Like that third line's got to, put up some points and if Frederick's going to be the center, he's going to, you know, be someone who, who helps create those chances and, and drive offense. And, and Scott, I, this, this actually, I just was thinking of the article you posted where you kind of try to put the lines together the way they might be right now. And looking at that third line, it would be Frederick with uh Boquist and Morgan Geeky and that's a young line like that's Frederick and Geeky are 25 and or and Boquist is 24 I think so they're that's a young third line um of I would say of those three Frederick is the more established of them and and Morgan Geeky is also someone that can play center so that you know you you kind of see the dynamics of that line um as it's going to have to prove itself a lot because they that's three players who have never played with each other before. They're all in their mid twenties. Um, and two of them might want to be the center of that line. So uh, it's, it's going to have an interesting dynamic if that's what the line looks like. Yeah. I yeah. Think... And go ahead. Scott. 
and it could be, you know, a Lauko who forces his way up there instead of a Boquist or, you know, or even one of the younger guys, like Sal or Merkulov or whatever. Like, it, there's clearly competition there, but Frederick is someone that, at least on paper, you look at and, and lock him in. Like, it would be, you know, it'd be really disappointing if, like, a week or two out from the season, we're like, is Frederick going to end up on the fourth line instead? Like, that would... That would not be good. Like he's got to be a third liner and along with geeky or, you know, if they end up on the same line, like be one of the guys who, who drives that he should be pretty locked into that spot. Yeah. And that's one of the, those players that you mentioned and others, like that's part of what I'm really excited for this season. And I've mentioned it to you guys in the past, like the way that last season ended, it kind of, I mean, clearly it left a really sour taste in everybody's mouth. And it's like, well, now we got to sit through another regular season. How can another regular season possibly top the one we just watched? And from a success standpoint, it can't. But from an entertainment standpoint and like a storyline standpoint, it certainly can because last year the storyline was they just keep winning. And but next year the storyline is going to be yeah, can a can a can a fresh face line of of mid twenties, you know, on a third line can they be something? Can can Pavel Zaka emerge as a true number one or number two bona fide number two center? Um, like there, there's, can, 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 can Merkulov enter the fold? Can Lysel enter the fold? Like, does anybody from the, from the system emerge? And those are storylines that we didn't have, have the opportunity to see last year because there was such a well-oiled machine that going into next year, that's, 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 that's going to be fun to watch and definitely interesting. And I definitely feel like, look, there's, there's much to be desired right now at center ice, even if Zaka and Coyle and Frederick or Geeky or whomever, end up being like a, you know, having really strong seasons. Like there's still, there's still a guy short up the middle, a uh, top six guy up the middle short. That said there, there, there are, there are some, there's not a lot of expectations for some of these players, but some of these players and some of these combinations get in this system with, uh, with more minutes from their previous roles, whether it was in Boston or elsewhere, um, there's 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 a pretty decent ceiling for some of these young players. I mean, Morgan Geeky and Trent Frederick having the seasons that they've had in the past with the limited minutes that they've had. I mean, Scott, you mentioned Frederick was under 12 minutes a game or something like that, and he's you know he's he's uh, almost a 20 goal scorer. So, I mean, it's yeah, it's it, it's exciting to watch. Bridget, to your point earlier, like you're kind of seeing what this team might look like in the fall and short of a couple of players emerging in camp and maybe that coming out of like, like a Merkulov or a Lysel, which I mean, that'd be, that'd be a very not unexpected, but I don't think it's necessarily like on the radar right now that they'll crack the team out of camp, but you kind of, you're kind of looking at what we're going to see in the fall. And and if this is what we're looking at in the fall, am I expecting them to win a president's trophy? Nope. Do I need them to? Certainly not. <laughs> Certainly not. Not after last year. Um, but I do think the team's competitive. I think they're, the personnel is a little bit shy up front, but I think they're competitive and I'm really interested to see how a lot of these players do with, um, with accelerated roles and, and bigger roles on a team that they haven't had before. Yeah. And when you think about that line in particular, you nailed it, Brian, like those are going to be a big step up probably in minutes and in like their importance because um, then they, then they've ever had minus Frederick because he's played a third line role before, but Boquist was somebody that, hasn't quite emerged yet the way that um, some people expected him to, though he's, you know, heading in that direction, hopefully. And he also has a lot of speed. So that line 
with as young as it is um, and the players it has on it, it could be a really quick line um, and potentially a versatile line. So I do think that that could that could be something of interest. Of course, sometimes you bring in players and you hope they mesh right away and they don't. So uh, it could be a question of chemistry throughout the season. Maybe at some point they find it. Maybe they don't. Maybe you have to move someone to the the fourth line or maybe even like you're like, okay, this guy doesn't fit in our fit in what our game plan is and you wave them like it's there's a lot of questions and that is going to be a lot for Scott and I to write this season, especially um, in the early parts. Yeah, and of course, like we haven't even mentioned Milan Lucic in this equation yet, because I think everyone's just penciling him in as fourth line left wing, and like, okay, you just stick him there. But you know, I don't. Maybe he finds a found in youth, and like he contributes on a third line. That I'm not expecting that. But while we're tossing all these other names around, like he is there. Like we do, we do have to include him. And you know, I don't. I don't think. I know people like cynically think they brought him in just cause he's a fan favorite or whatever, but it's like, I don't think they're signing him for a million dollars just to walk around and wave to fans. Like he, you know, he does actually have to play and contribute and it might just be in that fourth line left wing role. And that might be his home. And maybe he's even in and out of the lineup, but um, yeah, they're going to give him a chance to along with all these other guys to show that maybe there's still a little more there. Um, you know, so he's he's in that in that mix as well. But uh, and as a guy that, you know, Frederick can even if they're not on the same line, like he's someone in sort of that bottom six groove that he can potentially lean on and, you know, work with. Like, like, I think obviously with Coyle, he did because they were line mates. But I think like Trent Frederick learned from Nick Felino as well. Like I think that was also a good relationship. So, um, yeah, it, it is going to be fascinating because it's it's a lot of you know it's a lot of guys and you can see like a lot of different combinations and things you mentioned Boquist speed obviously Lauko has some speed as well and like those are kind of different elements because you know I think Frederick's probably a better skater than maybe people give him credit for but it's not like he's a blazer Morgan Geeky's not not super fast like skating's been the question mark for him we know Lucic is you know was never the fastest and certainly isn't now at 35 years old. Um, so the, those guys who have some, some quickness, like they, I think they're going to be important because you probably want, you know, at least someone who can bring that like on each line, which is why I see, you know, a Bocrist or Lauko on that third line or even, you know, Lysel if he can make a push, but um, you know, I think that the Bruins wanted to get a little heavier and they, and they certainly have, but, it is also a fast game. So like you can't totally sacrifice that, which is why I think you saw, you know, a signing like Boquist come in late because I think they're kind of looking and they're like, yeah, you know, we probably could use another speed guy somewhere in this bottom six mix. And, um, you know, so you go get him and throw him in and, and see what he can do. Like, you know, like you guys mentioned, like he hasn't really established himself yet, but like there has, there have been some flashes, you know, um, Here's another guy like Frederick and Geeky that like on a per minutes basis at five on five last year had pretty good production on the Devils. So, um, you know, but ultimately fell out of favor in the playoffs when they had a deeper team post trade deadline and he ended up sort of in and out of their lineup. Um, but yeah, it 
it, it could go way south where we're like, oh my god, there's no one in the bottom six who can score. Like that's that's in play. Like that's on the table. It's like the Bruins potentially just might not have very much offense at all in their bottom six. But there, to Brian's point, like there's also that upside of, all right, some of these guys have you know promising rate stats and lower roles. Maybe they do blossom. You know, maybe we see Frederick top 20 goals and 40 points or something. Maybe Geeky does keep producing the way he was in, in fewer minutes and, you know, takes that level up to a 14 minute roll or something. So, um, yeah, there, there's, there's jobs to be won there and there are opportunities for guys to show that they can produce and, you know, we're, we're going to see, but that they're going to need it from someone. Scott, I'm going to raise you this. You said that we could be looking at a bottom six that can't score. <laughs> there, in my mind, there's a chance that there's only like one line this season. And this will, this could be a storyline too. Yeah. There's like a one line this season that might be producing like a majority of the goals. Because if you, if you stack the first line, Marshawn, Zaka, Pasternak, what you're left with is Van Reemsdijk, Coyle, DeBrusque. Don't know if that line is going to be a big um, high-scoring line. Bokwis, Frederick, Geeky, and then Lucci, Patrick Brown, and Lauko, or, or A.J. Greer. Um, so if you really think about it, those those bottom nine forwards, or ten if you're including Greer, um, they're not the, the highest-scoring people. DeBrusque would be the, the biggest goal scorer in that bottom six grouping that I just listed. But – he also had his career year on a line with Marshawn and Bergeron. And these are not like no offense to Coyle and Van Riemsdyk, but those guys are not Marshawn and Bergeron. So like the, the focus on that line, if that were to be what they roll with for the second line would be on DeBrusque. He would be the threat that people would more have to focus on. And um, when you have Bergeron and Marshawn on your line, you know, they're drawing focus and leaving uh, DeBrusque open and, you know, that way everything's more balanced. But, I mean, we could be talking about that uh, month two into the season. Like, okay, well, the first line of Marshawn, Zaka, Pasternak is scoring. Where the hell else are they going to be getting goals from? Yeah, and I think I think that's why this is going to be such an interesting season. Like, the this Bruins team has potential to be a really solid playoff team. And they have the potential to be a, mm, I don't know, not not a not, not a bottom five team in the East, but like they could, but they could certainly be a, uh, they could certainly miss the playoffs, no doubt about it. And and you know they, that's that's kind of the risk you take when you kind of moneyball a roster. They, they've kind of moneyballed this year with some of these players. I mean, obviously, like it's a it's a it's a it's a hard cap. Everybody's spending to the cap, but I'm just saying, like when you had the season you had last year. And you had to let a lot of these players go because you can't afford them, quite frankly. And you have to pay the bonus overage to Bergeron and Krejci from last year. The Bruins have they had to try to find some some diamonds in the rough and hope that they are indeed diamonds. And and yeah, um, Scott asked a question earlier. Like he looks at Trent Frederick and says, "Can Trent Frederick drive a line? Be a line, be a driver of a line?" And that that's gonna that's my question for Jake DeBrusque. Can Jake DeBrusque be a driver of a line? And there might be some underlying statistics that that would show that last year he did in fact drive a lot of offense being with Bergeron and create um, Bergeron and Marchand. Like he may have driven some of that offense because like, it's easy to look at that line and be like, 
well, Bergeron and Martian drive that line and DeBrus was along for the ride. And I, I'm one of them. But maybe there's some advanced statistics that that Scott like looks into and people like Scott who honestly do dive into those numbers that could say, well, actually, DeBrus did help a lot of offense driven and transition and whatnot from him. But regardless, this cannot be a season where Jake DeBrusque is a passenger at all. He needs to step up. He's, I want to say, 26 years old. He's in his prime, and he's a 30-goal he's, – he's a potential 30-plus goal scorer in this league, and he needs to recognize, along with some of these other younger players, that, yeah, like, like aside from Brad Marchand, like, like the teachers are gone. Like, it's, it's, it's time to step up and, and, and be – these middle middle NHL veterans now they're no longer kids like remember like that 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 commercial back in the day like they're too young the kids are too too young whatever it's like they're not kids anymore like they're all they're all in their 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 mid-20s entering the second half of their 20s and Jake DeBrusque needs to drive that line because Bridget you're absolutely right uh I'd look at the top six and I say well if David Pasternak goes down they're like they're screwed and you could say you could say the same last year because he's such an important player but there's a lack of depth right now and high end depth. So it'll be interesting to see and somebody like Jake DeBrusque stepping up and cause I don't expect JVR or Coyle to be, to be driving a line. Coyle is being asked to be a player that I don't think he is. I don't think he's a top two center. I think he can carry the weight here and there, but he's not going to drive a second line. JVR at this stage in his career is not going to do that. Jake DeBrusque, he can, will he? We'll find out.